What's up, Boom Team? Welcome back to the podcast, episode six. I hope you guys are having a good day, good night, good morning, whenever you guys are listening to this. I know I am, and uh, I'm sorry for the wait on this episode. I was uh, traveling this weekend, and Monday I was sick, and Tuesday there were people at my house, and it just wasn't really a good time for me to record, so I just thought, I'll wait till Wednesday. I can finally get it done. It's the longest stretch that I've waited to get an episode out, which is 10 days. I hope I never have to do this again. But uh, we'll see what takes us. But uh, today we got a couple things to talk about. We're going to be talking about the All-Star Weekend, just some basketball-related things. Uh, a new play-in tournament that could be introduced into the NBA season. Uh, some changes to the NFL season, which just tonight on Wednesday um, are actually, you know, another step is taken forward, and we'll get into that. Um, talking about the XFL and how it's crazy. Uh, talk about the Astros and a lot of major players uh, in the sports like LeBron James and uh, Aaron Judge weighing in on that whole issue. I also wanted to just react to something that I experienced this past weekend at a wrestling tournament involving sportsmanship and that kind of whole area because it was uh, a really big issue that I wanted to talk about that's happened in the past couple of years that I've gone to a wrestling tournament, especially a major one, but we'll get into that at the end of the podcast. I want to get all the uh, the majors, mainstream sports stuff out of the way, all the fun stuff, and then we'll get to that, and it's just going to be a good time, so let's get right into it. So to start, we're going to be talking about the All-Star Weekend. Um, I'll just start with the All-Star Game because the dunk contest was a little bit more controversial and there's more talk about that. The All-Star Game, I've never really been a big fan of the NBA All-Star Game. Game. And, you know, it's a fun game, you know, for the players. Uh, you know, it's fun to see some of the cool tricks and stuff that they can do. You know, some of them will take like super deep threes from like a logo, you know, in the middle of the game just to see what will happen. I know LeBron tried that 10 times and it only went in twice. <laughs> he missed eight shots. But, you know, it's whatever. You know, it's just an all-star game. It's not really that big a deal. The only thing that a player could be really playing for is the all-star MVP and, even in that, I mean, you know, not a whole lot of players really care for it. Um, but speaking of the All Star MVP, they got it renamed to the Kobe Bryant All Star or All Star MVP, which I thought was perfect. I had talked about this before, where you know Kobe's death was tragic and it was a terrible thing in sports. But I thought, you know, the way that teams and uh, coaches and players were going about honoring Kobe would be a little bit uh, over the top. You know, he he had touched a lot of people's lives. He is a great motivator for a lot of people. He trained a lot of the current NBA stars. But, you know, there were te- talks about every team retiring uh, number eight, number 24 from their teams. And it was just that that was when it was kind of like, all right, let's let's hold on. And I think renaming the uh, the All-Star MVP trophy to the Kobe Bryant All-Star MVP trophy was the perfect, you know, the the perfect way to really remember him and uh Kawhi Leonard was the the winner of this award this time around he's a uh, Kawhi's just been on an absolute tear you know the all-star game like I said it's not that big a deal especially to me at least you know to qualify for the all-star game I think is a big deal for players it really kind of gives you that uh that extra punch um when somebody says your name like uh if Devin Booker had gotten this shit this year it would have been you know, Devin Booker, the the 2020 All-Star, it would have been like, oh, okay, you know, you're, when you're an All-Star, and especially in the NBA, you know, you're kind of, you got that recognition of like, all right, this guy is like a pro, like, you know, if we're, if we're planning against like a team, say like, I don't know, Kawhi Leonard, you know, this guy, all right, he's got an All-Star MVP, you know, he's, he's a multiple-time All-Star, what, you know, he's, he's a good player, obviously he has NBA championships and all that, but, you know, that that All-Star title gives you just a little bit more. And um, 
Kawhi's just been on an absolute tear. He's been doing a great job um, this past two seasons. You know, he helped. He led the Raptors to uh, NBA championship, and you know he's just been killing it this year on the Clippers. And you know they're just he's just doing a great job. It's really I'm happy to see it for Kawhi because I I felt like um, when he was on the Spurs with uh, Tim Duncan and Tony Parker, it wasn't so much that he was overshadowed. I would say because he did he won a Finals MVP. Um, with the Spurs and he was he's a great player for the Spurs um, but I just felt like he was surrounded by so much uh, Hall of Fame you know what I mean he had Ginobili Parker and uh, Duncan you know that's a lot of a lot of great players and I I almost felt like um, Kawhi was gonna start falling into the if he didn't win like a championship or go far on his own I felt like Kawhi was kind of gonna fall into the the whole like early 2000s Kobe Bryant um, aspect where it was like, oh, Kawhi only has championships because of Tim Duncan and Tony Parker and and, uh, Ginobili. Kind of like how, you know, some people say Kobe only has five championships because of Shaq, you know, and that's an argument for another time. But I really felt like winning last season was good for Kawhi because, you know, the Raptors were a good team. They were they were a full team, but Kawhi was just really that icing on top of the cake. Like he was their all star. He was their great player. Kyle Lowry was an all star too, but you know he was just he was the, their great player. He was their playmaker. You know he hit that game winning shot against the 76ers, and you know I just felt like it was good for Kawhi's legacy to win that championship last year. But um, getting back to the All Star game, I kind of sidetracked there. You know, it was just, it was a fun game. You know, I didn't watch a ton of it, but from the highlights, you know, I, Chris Paul dunked the basketball. I didn't even know that was possible. I thought he was the one that just threw lobs. But, um, no, it was, it looked like it was a lot of fun. You know, I was, I was happy to see, uh, Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum be out there and represent, uh, the Celtics. So, you know, they're my team, they're my home team. So I was, uh, I was excited to see them out there. It just looked like everybody was having a good time. And I think that's really what the All-Star game and the All-Star break really is at the end of the day. You know, you have this whole Aaron Gordon situation, but really at the end of the day, you know, it's a long season and it can really take a, take a toll on some of these players and I think the all-star break and you know obviously it can take a toll on on, uh, on the fans too you know it, it, you have to add a little pizzazz you know because or else pe- fans start losing interest and players start to you know get annoyed because it's like well you know if you if you're constantly grinding at something which is you know something you should do especially if you want to win something like the something as prominent as the uh, the NBA finals is you know, but you also need that time to kind of sit back and relax and kind of enjoy what you're doing, you know, and I think that's what the All-Star weekend really does because it's only, it's only one weekend, you know. It's not like a big break in the whole season, you know, but it's just kind of weekend where, you know, the great players of the NBA and even and the young players of the NBA, you know, uh, with the whole Rising Stars challenge, um, but, you know, they just get a chance to kind of sit back and, you know, just have fun. You know, it's just kind of like playing basketball at, at the park with your friends or something, you know. You get to see people throw lobs. I mean, during during some of the Rising Stars Challenge, it's, uh, the the whole team would stop. The whole other team would stop just to see if Zion could throw down like a like a between the head or between the legs dunk, you know, just to see because it's fun. You know, it's just what the people there to do. They're just there to have fun, you know, and just play some basketball, you know. You don't see, you know, LeBron and some other uh, all-stars just pulling up from the logo during a regular season game because, I mean, the all-star game, it matters, but it also doesn't matter at the same time. And I think it's just a really great thing for the players to uh, to have a chance to really stop there. 
and just kind of enjoy themselves. Um, at the end of the game, uh, Team LeBron, once again, I think this is the third time in this whole GM situation uh, that they have now with uh, the All-Stars, where the it's also it's all almost like team captains. You know, they get to draft who they want to be on their team. It's not East versus West anymore, which I mean, I I like. You know, I think it I think it adds a little bit of fun, but it also I I did like the uh, the old format where you could kind of it's kind of like how the NFL does it, where it's AFC versus NFC. You, you know, you can just kind of see which um, which conference has the better players, but you know, it's whatever. It's just for fun. Team LeBron ended up winning 157 to 155, though. You know, LeBron, uh, if you watch the highlights, I think the score was like 155 Team LeBron to 155 Team Giannis. And LeBron tried to put the game away by uh, hitting a three from the logo, you know, just like he was trying to do the whole time. And it did not work. It was a very LeBron type play, you know. Here, give me the ball and let me try and make the, the big shot. But. And that's not to diss LeBron at all. I just feel like, you know, in the big moments, LeBron seems to find himself having the ball, which maybe that's just him being a great player. But he went for it, did not go in, and that's just that's just how it went. But it was a good, it was a good fun time, and the players always seem to enjoy themselves, which, like I said before, I think is the most important part. And we're gonna get on to the other side of the uh, of the All Star Weekend, which. I'm just going to say this right now because I feel like it's touch base on this. I feel like it'd be rude if uh, if I didn't say this. Buddy Heald won the three-point comp- competition. Wasn't really that crazy of a competition, I felt. But um, I think it also kind of got outshined by the dunk contest that I think we've all heard about and we all have our own opinions about. But it's... um. It was a, it was definitely a fun dunk contest. I always like for I always like when Aaron Gordon's in the dunk contest. All right. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Eric Gordon or Aaron Gordon, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Eric Gordon. I'm gonna say Aaron Jones when I'm talking about these guys because I'm thinking of football or you know Eric Gordon is the other player on the Rockets. Like I'm just I'm gonna say I'm gonna mix these names up just because I, I just find myself saying the other names so much. Okay, but bear with me. So Aaron Gordon. Okay, he uh, if you guys don't know. In 2016, I believe it was, he had a uh, a dunk contest. It was his first time against Zach Levine, and it was very similar to this uh, prior dunk contest that he had against Derek Jones Jr., where they were the last two. You know, they really outshined everybody, um, except for in 2016, Victor Oladipo had a pretty good showing. But either way, um, Aaron Gordon in both of these um, dunk contests felt that he got robbed and a lot of play- people felt that he got robbed because he had such great performances in both of these. But the only sad part is, especially for Aaron Gordon, is that his opponents also had a very good showing and they, his opponents just had a, I don't, I don't even know like how to describe it. Like you could really, it could have gone either way. Really. I felt maybe it should have gone towards uh, Aaron Gordon this time, but I felt, I only feel that because I really liked one of his dunks. Like I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. And I'll get into into that in a second, but like in 2016, I mean, it could have it could have been him or Zach Levine. I mean, Zach Levine was taken off from the free throw line, pretty much on every single one of his dunks, you know. But uh, he was just Zach Levine was a great uh, dunk contest uh, person or player. I don't know what you want to call him, <laughs> but uh, it was it was a fun dunk contest. I felt like uh, they were two of the two of the greats in that scenario in that whole contest. And same thing with this one. Derek Jones Jr. had a great showing. Uh, he was just doing some crazy stuff, but I think once again it just got outshined by the the things that were attempted by Aaron Gordon and that he executed. But Derek Jones Jr. still um, somehow got more points than Aaron Gordon. So 
I'm going to get into what I think was the dunk of the night, and then I'm going to get into the whole controversy about uh, why Aaron Gordon probably should have won and why people think that he got robbed. So... Um, my dunk of the night, I this is uh, I love watching this thing. I've watched it so many times since the night is over. But I'm gonna try and describe it the best way I can because I'm not in t- I'm not super uh, well versed in like dunk lingo. I guess you could say like I'm not gonna say you know just some crazy stuff. I don't even know how to describe it because I wouldn't even know what to call it. But from the way I described it, it was my favorite dunk of the night, and I th- which I thought was the best was when Aaron Gordon what. Um, was taken off from the side of the, like, from the baseline, and he had somebody, I can't remember who it was, um, throw the ball off of the side of the backboard, and then he caught it one-handed and then cradled it in his hand and 360 slammed from that spot. Like, it was a 360, like, cradle windmill slam. It was, it was, incre- it was incredible. I loved it. And I watched it so many times, and I was like, "Dude, I I can barely even I can barely even touch like the bottom knot of or the top knot of the net, like right below the rim. Like I can barely do that." And this guy's over here, you know, cradling three sixty windmill slam. Like I I can't do that, man. You kidding me? But I thought that was the best dunk of the night. I thought it was very creative, and I thought it was just kind of like. It w- it was I wouldn't say I don't know. I said it was creative. <laughs> I just did, but. It was creative but simple at the same time. Like, it was really cool, and, you you know, if you keep watching it, like, I didn't even notice that he windmilled it until I watched it the second time. And I didn't even notice that he was cradling it the whole time until I watched it, like, the third time, you know? I just thought it was a cool, like, you know, one-handed catch, you know, 360 slam. And then I was like, oh, my God, he's cradling that, or he's windmilling that. And then I was like, how, wait, how is he windmilling that? Oh, my God, he's cradling the ball. And then it was just kind of like, it was, you know, once you kept watching it, it was it was just fun to see. But there were just so many great dunks that night. I could get get into it, but I'd be talking this. I'd be talking for hours about these dunks. But that, that was my personal favorite. I uh, like I said, I thought it was creative. I thought it was fun, easy to follow, and it was just it was cool. That's what I thought personally. I just thought it was a cool dunk. So afterwards, on um, Aaron Gordon was he, he was this is a impressive stat as well. I, I'm sorry, I'm kind of going off a little bit. But Aaron Gordon, he uh, he only had fifties. This entire time, up until his uh, his final dunk that ended up ultimately losing him the the dunk contest championship. So, um, he him and De- uh, Derek Jones Juniors they were going into like a, like a dunk off. You know they were neck and neck, and it was just you know who could be more creative and pull off a more impressive dunk. And so they're uh, they're going on and on and on, and then uh, Aaron Jones decides, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna take. Uh, Seven six Taco Fall. Okay, Taco Fall is the tallest player in the NBA. Pretty sure. And yeah, there's no way nobody's taller than him. But anyway, I'm gonna take Taco Fall and I'm going to dunk over Taco Fall. I'm going to jump over Taco Fall and dunk it. And I was thinking, I was like, okay. And I was watching the video, and if you see it, you know, people were giving Aaron Gordon uh, some some slack, or because I mean, seven Taco Fall went with his shoes on and stuff. Like he he. Uh, he came in at seven seven, okay. And Aaron Gordon, when he went to dunk it over Taco Fall, he cleared Taco Fall just about, but he kind of clipped Taco Fall's head. He kind of hit him a little bit as he was going over. And Taco decided to he like leaned down a little bit, but I mean that's still like when he hit Taco, he was probably like seven seven four, you know, maybe seven five. He was still that high, you know, and just barely didn't clear Taco. And he, I if I were 
gonna rank it I'd be like yeah he cleared taco because that man's enormous and you know he just he the fact that he even got up there and I was very impressed and I was kind of like holy cow you know he just dunked over taco fall and um they didn't give him a 50 on it which ended up uh losing him the the whole thing because he needed a 48 or better to win and uh Derek Jones Jr. came out to say that uh or that he knew that they wouldn't give him a 50 on that dunk because he um because he didn't clear Tago like the whole way he clipped him. So Derek Jones Jr. said that he felt pretty good because he knew they weren't going to give him a 50. Um, and Aaron Gordon's ended up getting a 40 or 47 instead of a 48 or higher, which is what Derek Jones Jr. got on his dunk before. And the what came out afterwards was that there was a planned tie between all the judges, which uh, the judges was um, Dwayne Wade, um, Common, the rapper, WNBA player, uh, Candace Parker, and Chadwick Boseman, or, you know, the guy who played Black Panther. I don't know how well-versed some of you listeners are in actors. And uh, Scottie Pippen. And so what happened was that they were planning a tie between these two um, people, Aaron Gordon and Derek Jones Jr., because they couldn't figure out a winner because they were doing so great. And they just were going on and on and on. And I guess um, what they were doing is they were going to plan a tie. And Common didn't score it correctly, I guess. I don't know how he didn't because he ended up giving it like a 10, I think. There was like two 10s, and I think Common and um, Chadwick Boseman Jr. Chadwick Boseman gave him one, gave him 10s. And then I think Scottie Pippen, Candace Parker, and Dwayne Wade gave him a 9 each. And I think what Scottie Pippen was supposed to do is Scottie Pippen was supposed to give him a 10. And then it would have been a 48. It would have been tied. But that's not how it came out. So I have no idea. Because there was stories of saying that Common ruined it. But I was, but Common gave him a 10. So it doesn't really make any sense. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I didn't like pay super attention to the scores. But either way, it was messed up. And uh, something happened in the, the whole works there. And uh, Dwayne Wade came out today. And he, uh, or not today, but a couple days ago. And he, he's pleading the fifth on whether or not there was a planned uh a planned tie, but there, it, there was, there was, <laughs> and, um, it was just, it was, it was a fun dunk contest overall, I think, I do think, personally, I think Aaron Gordon got robbed, I think with his performance before, I think he was a, a heavy crowd favorite, because I think people thought, knew that he was going to bring something to the table, something fun, and he did, he, he performed very well, Derek Jones Jr., performed great as well, but I think that, I just personally think Aaron Gordon, um, did better and I think he was the crowd favorite too so I think he probably should have gotten it but you know Derek Jones Jr. was very deserving of the of the title as well and Aaron Gordon came out and he said that he should have two trophies by now so we all know how he feels and I honestly I would probably feel the same way if I was him but you know he's it's it's just too bad because he ended up ultimately getting outperformed um even though he performed up to par as well you know just it just didn't work out his way which is just too bad, but he's come out and he said that he's all done with the dunk contest. And I don't know if this was a joke. It might have been, but he said the three-point contest is his, uh, his next goal. But we'll see. Uh, we're going to head to a break, and I'll be back in a little bit.
And welcome back. So we're going to be talking next about a couple changes to some major sports like the NBA and the NFL, which are in the talks right now. None of this is confirmed, but this is uh, this is all in the works right now. So I'm just going to start real quick just because I don't know a ton about it because there isn't a ton about it right now. And it's also kind of confusing and it's still it's still in the works, but it's it looks it's looking like it's going to happen. Um, the NFL is looking to go to 17 regular season games, which was approved by the Players Association. And now all they're waiting on is for the owners of all the NFL teams to give that the good the, the good to go. And if they do that. I think that'd be kind of fun. Um, that would uh, affect playoff scenarios you know teams get an extra chance I saw something where you know um like there would only be I think like six playoff teams or something and like the seventh team which would be like the number one seed and they would get the um the only playoffs or the the only buy in uh the playoff run I have no idea it was very confusing but like Say say the Chiefs are the number one in the AFC. They don't play, and then the other six teams do, rather than like the Chiefs and the Ravens not are not playing, and then the other six teams getting it. So I don't know. We'll see. It's um it's a little different, but it's still it's in the works right now. But it, it's looking like it's gonna happen fairly soon. So that that'll be fun. It's it's also another week of football. So you know that's always great. Uh, next up is the the tournaments, the in season and play in tournaments. I don't know a ton about the in season tournaments. Uh, that's a whole crazy thing. It's uh the in season tournament for the NBA. It's um is like you know there are certain teams uh like with bad records or something um and they play for a, a prize pool and each player gets like 1.5 million dollars on the team it's it's i it was that one was difficult to to follow and i wanted to look into it more but i thought i should touch on the play in tournament uh in the playoffs because i thought that was a little bit easier to follow right now and i'll uh, i'll touch on the in season tournament probably next episode but um, so the, the play in tournament, um, that the NBA is proposing and they, Adam Silver has been kind of pushing this for the past couple of years and he's hoping to have it by the 2021 to 20, uh, 2022 season is, um, it, he wants to cut the NBA regular season down to 78 games. And then what he wants to do is playoffs will be cut down to four teams. That'll be kind of like the final four. And so what'll happen is, and you got to stick with me in this. Okay. So they'll take the. Uh, seeds seven through ten and say like the west it'd be for both conferences but uh, we'll just say the west right now they'd take the seeds seven through ten in the west and then what they do is they'd have the seventh seed like at the end of the season play the eighth seed and it would give the uh it would give the other six teams in the west a buy but or kind of like a buy and what you would do is um, the seventh seed and the eighth seed would play each other in four away games and four home games, and the winner, whoever had the the better record, um, would end up uh, getting the spot. And it's it's very confusing. I know that probably doesn't make any sense because it's an e- even number amount of games, so they could easily tie it. But it's it's a, it's a very confusing process. <laughs> and so the winner of that would get the seventh seed playoff spot. And then what would happen is the nine and the ten seed would play each other. And then what would happen is whoever won that would play the loser of the seventh and eighth uh, seed. Uh, game and then what would happen is whoever won that would get the eighth seed if you if you could follow that it's very confusing and it doesn't make a ton of sense to me at least or maybe I just didn't understand it but um, it sounds fun it sounds like it would be um, also another break for the uh, the 
upper level teams to you know just get a chance to kind of sit back and regroup and then lower lower level teams you know you kind of you got to keep fighting for your spot that's how it always is especially at the lower rankings but we'll see these uh these new changes to the to the seasons i think would be pretty fun um i think it'd also be it'd, it'd be like a refresher you know everybody knows the format of the nba season everybody knows the format of the nfl season if you kind of change it up you know it might be a little bit it it kind of just give it that little breath of fresh air um, staying on the topic of, um, or not really staying on the topic of football, but um, getting back to it, um, Drew Brees announced that he was going to uh, return to the NFL. Now, with is that going to be with the Saints? Probably. I mean, he wants to have another go at it with the Saints, um, and I don't see anything you know, pointing that he won't be with the Saints, but that also raises the questions um, in New Orleans. You know, what, are you gonna, uh, what happens with Teddy Bridgewater? Um, you know, he could just go somewhere else, you know, not a whole lot has to happen with New Orleans and that, but, you know, you have to kind of look at him and and think, you know, do I want to stick with Drew Brees or do I want to stick with Teddy Bridgewater? I think at the end of the day, you're probably going to want to stick with Drew Brees just for one more run, but Teddy Bridgewater also performed very well. So who knows, you know, if they feel that if some, like in some crazy story that comes out this off season that, you know, they want to go with Teddy Bridgewater because he's younger than Drew Brees and, you know, he has just more time left. Um, and they want to do that, then that would be a crazy story. But we'll, uh, we'll see. I think if, um, if I'm New Orleans, though, I'm just going to stick with Brees and take another shot at it. That also raises the question, you know, what are you going to do with Taysom Hill? Because sooner or later, Taysom Hill is going to ask for a little bit of money because he is, he, he is just like a human Swiss Army knife. You know, he can do whatever you want him to do on the football field. And he he's probably gonna want a little bit of money soon. He's not gonna like want a max contract, but he might, you know. But he's not he's not one super position, you know. He's he's not a horrible quarterback, but he's not a great one either, you know. He's his deep ball isn't that great, and you know he's just he's just all over the place. He just he doesn't play a position. He plays football. I love that meme, but we'll see. I but if I'm the Saints, like I said before, I'm going with a. I'm going with Drew Brees and hopefully getting another year out of Taysom Hill before maybe he decides to go somewhere else. Um, and also, again, staying on the topic of football, we're going to be talking about the XFL. I did not even like pay attention to the XFL, and I still don't really, um, until I watched a game, and I barely even watched it just because I didn't find it that entertaining. Um, and that I'll tell you why I didn't find that entertaining in a little bit, but, um, the XFL is the, I believe the extreme football league. Okay. And it is, uh, it's, it's crazy. Okay. This thing's insane. You know, the life expectancy of a player in this league should be 20 minutes. Um, you can perform basically any hit you want, you know, you can't go crazy, but, um, you can do anything you want. You like if you see some of the highlights from the previous games, you know, there was a there was one play, I think it was like the the Renegades or something. I have no idea. I don't know the teams. But the guy uh they were running an end around and the wide receiver was getting up uh to maybe like 5 yards positive yardage and then he starts to get tackled by two of the uh defenders and then this one guy just comes barreling in at him and just makes easy head-to-head contact like it would be an instant flag in the nfl and i think that's what the xfl is really trying to separate itself with is the fact that you can make those big hits and those what 
those hits that would be illegal. And I think that is really trying to draw in um, some of those those fans and those players. But seriously, I mean, it's it's dangerous. It really is because you really kind of let, you know, NFL keeps defensive players on a leash because they know that, you know, these are trained professionals. If they want to hurt somebody, they can hurt somebody on a play. But, you know, they also don't want to cost their team, you know, the game or even just themselves a contract. So it's just it's it's really crazy. And I didn't I didn't like this about the XFL. They they have live uh play calls and like the referees are mic'd up and like the quarterbacks are mic'd up and just everything is mic'd up. I don't really like that. I I'm not a big fan of that. I think uh I think the play calls should stay quiet. I think that's kind of secretive. Um it you know, it definitely it comes out in the NFL with all these uh these mic'd up things, but I don't want to hear it during the game. You know, like I want to, I want to be surprised almost, and uh, I just didn't like it. I don't like the referee conversations mic'd up. Um, sure, it can get rid of some of the controversy that you know teams are uh, like paying refs or refs are being paid to favor another team. Um, that all happens in the NFL that like that people talk about. But I mean, if we're being honest, you don't really need to need to worry about that um, because it's not. It's probably not happening. Um, and I just don't like it because the referees are like, you, you say one wrong thing in that huddle, like say, say you misunderstand what, um, another line judge says and you say it and then the whole stadium hears it and you hear those boos coming in. I mean, referees have the hardest jobs in the world and, you know, you already get a whole stadium booing at you before you even, you know, tell them what's going on. That's a, that's a tough thing. And I, I think it would be a lot easier if you didn't have those those mic'd up things, and for some reason the XFL just like gets high on miking people up. Like they have in they have in game player interviews. Like a player could have gone and just scored like a hundred yard touchdown, be completely out of breath, you know, just like wanting to die. And the XFL is gonna have a reporter on the sideline going to interview them. You know, it's gonna come a day when the XFL is gonna realize, you know, when that one player you know pushes the report reporter away and says like, I'm not doing this right now. Um, that they probably shouldn't be doing it, but, um, they also have like the, uh, the segments where it's, it's very WWE style. I guess it's funny cause it's owned by Vince McMahon or partially owned. I'm not sure his, uh, his, uh, involvement, but they have the, the WWE style interviews where they'll have the, the, you know, interviewer go into the back room, into the locker room and interview players. And I think, I think that's funny because if you watch the background, like you don't even have to see the interviews, you'll see some players just doing the funniest things. Like there was this one guy who's, who's a lineman and I want you to picture like Maui from, um, from Moana and then just imagine him like playing football okay and you see him just over this girl's shoulder in the background he's just staring at the camera just just like thousand island stare just like looking at it and then he laughs and starts eating like a he starts eating something like I don't know probably like a protein bar or something but it was just it was funny to watch and I think that's a that's a hidden meme meme gold mine for that um the XFL is also interesting because after you score, they give you the option to go for a one-point play, a two-point play, or a three-point play, um, a conversion. And the farther you, like, the more points that you decide to go for, the farther out that you go. So I think it's like if you want to go for one point, you're on the five-yard line, two points, ten, and then three points, fifteen. 
and I think that's fun because it can make for some great comebacks. Um, I was watching the game with my dad against the Renegades or the Dallas Renegades against uh, Los Angeles. I didn't pick up what their uh, their team mascot was, but um, the Renegades were down like eighteen to nine or something. And then they were, they ended up tying it up with one score, you know. And you didn't really in the NFL, you'd kind of be sitting there, and be like, "Oh, this game's over." But then, because that's a two score, that's like a two or three score game, and you know, you're sitting there and you're kind of like, "Oh, wait, you know, they could score once and tie it right up." So I think that's kind of fun. Um, once again, it's a little bit much, but you know, I think it is fun. It's a new option, and if that's your taste, if you like that better than, you know, kicks after the play or um, a point point after a uh, point attempt uh after the touchdown then you know whatever that's your that's your thing um i was talking to my brother and my dad about the new kickoff um format that they got and my brother was a big fan of the new kickoff it um they designed it to encourage kickoffs or kick returns like touchdowns and basically what it is is the the two uh the two teams have the kicker lined up to kick where he usually does i think he's on the 35 and then um, the returners in the back, and then what happens is they have instead of like the NFL, where you know they have um, uh, the players kind of scattered on the returning team in certain formations. What they do is they have both teams lining up on like the forty um, of each side. So you know, like one team would be on their forty, the other team would be on their on the other side on the forty. And what they would do is the kicker would kick it, and then um, there would just be like a wall of people across the middle of the field. And basically, what happens is yeah, if you're the kick returner, if you can get f- through that first layer, you know, all you have to do is beat the beat the kick returner, and you're and you go for a touchdown. And I think that's that's pretty fun. Um, I do think it's I think it encourages um, kick returns, and I think that could be really uh, beneficial, especially for some teams if you're losing. Um, but it's just, it you know, it adds that factor of like, oh, my God, is he going to break away? And then if he gets tackled, like, oh, okay. But um, I think it'll kind of give that little bit of excitement because, you know, the NFL, that's it's very rare nowadays, I think, for um, kick returns uh, to come back for touchdowns. And, you know, if you can kind of get that little jolt um, more and more, it'll be f- more fun. Um, in the XFL and something I thought was hilarious because I see all the memes of like uh, uh, XFL cans like you know ch- or, uh, cans XFL fans making like beer snakes you know throughout the stands and all this stuff um, out of just like these big ludicrous size cans and then like pouring stuff down it and it's just very you know out of control but something that I thought was funny and that fit very well is that um, right next to the team names on the bottom of the screen, right in the HUD there that says, like, the score and, you know, how much time is left, right next to the teams, they have the over-under um, on, you know, who you should be betting on and all that good stuff. And I know nothing about betting, but uh, I think that's pretty funny. Uh, and, uh, you know, it could be beneficial for some fans, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. You know, I think it's a fun thing. And I think the XFL really... It adds a lot of new uh, new content, and I think I think it was the AFL is what it was called. It was the recent football league that uh, just ended up crumbling. But I think what the XFL does is it doesn't just add a couple um, uh, factors that are, di- are different from the NFL. It adds a bunch, and I think that's really nice. I think it's really refreshing. Um, I don't know how it'll do. I think they masterfully um, put their season to start, you know, like a month or two after the NFL. 
Um, I think it's only a month after the NFL, not even maybe like a couple of weeks after the NFL season ends. But um, I think it's fun because, you know, there's still some people out there who are like they want football, but I don't know how it'll do because it's not the same as NFL football. And I think that's what a lot of people are reaching for is they want NFL football. But I don't know. Um, I hope it doesn't go under. I think it would be fun to have another um, football league go around. And I think it'd also be good for um, for people who, you know, maybe out of college didn't make it right away in the NFL or didn't get drafted. Um, and they still have the chance to play football, you know, because if you're, if you're really in it for, um, you know, the game and for the love of the sport, I've talked about this before, um, and you're not in it for just the money, then, you know, you won't care really where you play. Maybe you will care, you know, if the hitting rules are a little different and, you know, your brain can be mushed by the, by the end of your second season. But I mean, We'll we'll see. Um, if the players want to just continue to play in that league, then they can play in that league. But overall, I think the XFL can be uh, can be refreshing and a good time, especially for those who just like crave more football. Um, real quick, I'm gonna get into the Astros um, situation and what's going on with them. But real quick before I do that, I just wanted to pick who I think's gonna win the the Dante Wilder versus Tyson Fury fight. I know very little about boxing, but I know that both of these men can knock somebody out in the split second. I wish I saw their first fight. I followed it, but I just didn't buy the pay-per-view. I might this time, but I just hope it doesn't turn out like the McGregor versus Cowboy fight, you know, where it's 40 seconds. But um, I think Wilder's going to win. Uh, he just sees the bronze bomber. You know, he's just, he's a he's a maniac. Tyson Fury, though, you know, he's... He, he's he's very deceiving because he looks like he's out of shape but if you see him move if you see him dodging in the in the boxing ring he's pretty quick and you know he can throw a haymaker and just absolutely knock your lights out in two seconds so and these guys do not like each other like this isn't some you know you know wwe like fake beef these guys genuinely don't like each other and this last press conference that they were doing they they were getting at each other they're really poking each other's buttons and they they just, they do not like each other. So I'm excited for this fight coming up this time. I really want to get into boxing and that kind of uh, whole area. And But I'm picking Dante Wilder to win that fight. Next up, we're going to be talking about the Astros. Um, everybody, I think, should, should have an idea as to what's going on with the Astros right now. Basically, and I don't know if it's, I don't know every detail about the situation, but um, the Astros were basically caught cheating um, to win their 2017 world title Um their MLD MLB World Championship Series, um, and they I don't think it didn't get taken away because you can't just take it away I think but um, there was a player I think I'm gonna pronounce his last name I'm not I'm not a big into baseball but I'm gonna pronounce his last name I think it's Altuve I think um, and basically that he was found cheating because um, he had like a buzzer inside of his jersey that um, would tell him a certain sign of pitching and then there was like a trash can that somebody would hit to indicate a different sign and then he would like look at a certain camera guy and he would like flash something or um, something like that to indicate that there was a certain uh, pitch coming and you know once you give away that information what the pitcher is going to be throwing or what the catcher is going to be calling for um, that's when you uh, that's when you gain an unfair advantage and you start to cheat and a lot of players, uh, NFL or not NFL, uh, basketball and other MLB players, um, came out talking about it. And LeBron James, the king of everything, the king of all sport, came out to say in his most intelligent language he could, um, 
and this is no but no way disrespecting LeBron. I'm just having fun. Um, he says, I would be irate if someone cheated me out of a title like that. Um, that's not the direct quote. You know, there's a couple pieces missing, but that's that's the, the gist of the quote. Um, and I honestly, I would be too. I think, you know, if you learn, especially after the fact that somebody cheated and you lost because they cheated, I'd be like, damn, you know, that's terrible. You know, I want that title. Like, who who knows? If they didn't cheat, you know, would the Astros have won that World Series? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, they were they were pretty good that season, but who who knows how long they were stealing signs for. So, um, another uh, professional sports player came out, Aaron Judge. He's in the MLB. He's on the Yankees. Um, so he probably he has a little bit more of a personal feel to this, um, especially after getting knocked out by the Astros in this uh, recent playoff series in um, 2019. Uh, Aaron Judge says, you know, you didn't earn it. You cheated. You know, that's just the basic fact. And um, he just went out there. He was just like, that's it. You know, you cheated. You have to live with that, you know. And I don't, honestly, if I don't know how somebody could cheat like that on in sports and then just be able to live with themselves like that. You know, hey, yeah, I cheated to win a world championship. You know, I'm going to go to bed now. You know, I'd like, I couldn't do that. I'd be awake all night, be like, I just cheated on one of the world's biggest stages to win one of the, one of the most, you know, prolific prizes in sports history. And I don't care. You know, I couldn't do that. I could not do that at all. It's insane. But they got caught and, you know, the MLB, I'm sure, is working on punishing them. And I have not followed up on the whole story. So even if they did punish them, good. But we'll see how it, how it, uh, how it all unfolds. And it's just, it's it's really too bad for that to kind of happen. So, this very last topic I'm going to be talking about, it's one that's more personal to me. And um, it's something that I experienced this past weekend. I was at a wrestling tournament in Freiburg, Maine. Um, for those of you don't, who don't know, I was a wrestler in high school. I graduated last year. I missed my senior year due to injury. But um, it gave me a new perspective when I was sitting in the stands. But uh, these past two years um, at this Freiburg school, there has been a couple issues, I think, with sportsmanship. And it's not Freiburg's fault. It just happens to be at this um, at this venue that's happened. So last year, um, Freiburg held the regional tournament. And what the regional tournament is, it's basically a qualifier for the state tournament. If you place at the regional tournament, you are qualified for the state tournament. And so what happened last year was there was a girl who was wrestling. Her name was Zoe. Um, she was a very good wrestler, and she was she was a crowd favorite in that match because, you know, typically in wrestling, uh, it's a male-dominated sport, and that's not being sexist. That's just that's the way it is, especially after doing it for uh, four or five years now, not wrestling personally for five years, but following it and uh, being a part of it for five years now. Um, you, you kind of understand that. And so for a girl to be as successful as she was in that sport of wrestling, it was, it was, uh, easy to cheer for her. And she, I knew her personally. She was my friend, you know, she was a nice person and, uh, she was in the finals. And what the finals is, is basically, you know, there's just the final two people they haven't lost all day and they're wrestling to be the champion of that tournament. And she was wrestling against this guy and everybody was, you know, pro pro Zoe like they wanted her to win you know except for the uh the other guys uh home school like the the parents and all the stuff that part of the team that he was with um they were cheering for him obviously and so um their referees were you know people weren't feeling that they were doing so well on uh refereeing the match you know if in re- in wrestling if you see a wrestler that's ahead in score 
Okay, in wrestling, you score points by getting takedowns and escaping from another person. And I could get into all how all that works, but I'm just going to tell you that you can score points in wrestling, and that's um, how you can win. That's one of the ways that you can win. And so this guy was ahead in points um, of Zoe. I think he was like two or three points ahead of her. And Zoe was on the offense and in wrestling in the big circle um, that they wrestle in. If you both of you go out of bounds, that's what the the big circle is. It's, it's inbounds. But if you go outside that circle, then you have to reset to the middle. And Zoe was, you know, pushing this guy and, you know, trying to uh, get score some points on him, but he would just keep going out of bounds. And in wrestling, if you run, kind of run away from your opponent like that to keep your lead and not risk giving up any points, that's stalling. And a referee can warn you um, that you're stalling. And if you keep stalling, the referee can give your opponent a point because you're stalling. And then they'll just keep giving them more points if you keep stalling. And the whole stadium and uh, arena really um, felt that uh, this kid was stalling, and so um, at the end of the match, uh, Zoe ended up losing. I think she lost by like one point or something. And uh, the whole place—I had never been in a place like this that happened. And I've—I've I've been to my you know fair share of bad crowds and whatnot, but the whole place started you know just booing terrible. And I was like, holy cow, you know, and I kind of understood, you know, because I felt personally that the kid was stalling too. Maybe it was a little biased because she was my friend or she's my friend, but still, um, it was just, it was crazy booing. And so it was kind of a display of bad sportsmanship by the whole crowd. But um, there was also a a guy um, for the, uh, there was a grandfather for the kid who was wrestling. It wasn't his grandfather, I think, but... wasn't his grandfather, but um, what was happening was he was standing up, like, clapping at everybody else, saying, like, yeah, that's bad sportsmanship. That's bad sportsmanship. And he wasn't necessarily wrong, but um, it was also bad sportsmanship for him, for him to kind of, you know, stand up and get in their face, too. So, but, you know, that's, I just want to kind of give you, like, a precursor. So this happened um, my senior year of high school, and then this past uh, week, I went to the state championship uh, tournament. I've always liked tournaments better than uh, just regular, you know, meets for wrestling. Um, And I've always enjoyed them more because they take all day. You get to watch a lot of wrestling. um, And I just, I had a lot of fun. So I went and I was watching and it's the state championship. So you really get to see players, you know, win the ultimate prize as a wrestler. And that's to be a state champion. And um, the finals were going on and uh this guy that i know from a couple like two years ago now um rico was in the finals against this other guy his name was miles and so what was happening in this match was uh rico's crowd was being very obnoxious all day um his crowd was made up of some youth coaches and we were at a high school tournament and youth coaches can really get into it and these guys were standing behind my crowd in particular uh, the school that i was cheering for which is my old high school um, and they were just like screaming whenever there was somebody from, uh, their school, you know, on the mat, you know, and they weren't like screaming, cheering for them. They were like screaming, trying to coach them from the sidelines and not allowing the head coach to actually do it. So they were being very obnoxious all day. And so, uh, then when the finals roll around, you know, they don't have anybody in the finals. They don't have anybody who has a chance to be a state champion except for this guy, Rico. And so, um, the finals match is going on between these two guys. They're the, it was the 120 pound final. And, uh, this one guy from, uh, the other school miles, he's always kind of had a little bit of an attitude. He's always been kind of, uh, I don't want to say celebratory. He's always kind of had a chip on his shoulder. And, uh, 
the school that he comes from, you know, they always have those guys just seem to always have a chip on their shoulder, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Just some people don't like to see it. I don't mind it because, you know, some people really grind hard. They come up from not a whole lot to, you know, win whatever they whatever they win, you know, whether it's just like a regular tournament or if it's a state tournament. Um, so I can I can understand it. And I don't know him personally, so uh, but what happened was these two were wrestling, and this guy Miles was winning five to nothing. Okay, and um, it's pretty difficult to come back five to nothing. And it was late in the third period of wrestling. That's the final period. And Rico gets um, he gets what's called the reversal, and basically that means when you're um, uh, when the other opponent is controlling you, and then you um, switch it around so that you're controlling them without uh, breaking away, and that's two points. So Rico had two points, but he also caught this guy Miles on his back. And in wrestling, if you don't pin somebody right away, but if you expose their back to the mat, if you make it so that their back and the mat are parallel um, beyond 90 degrees, then um, that is when you start getting what's called back points. And back points is basically, um, it's a it's a time system. So if you count like one, two, three, um, you can get uh, two back points. And if you count one, two, three, four, five, you can get three back points. And Rico got the full uh, five seconds, so he got three back points. So he tied the match five to five. And uh, the time ran out. Uh, the whole match was over, so they were going to go into overtime. And Rico didn't know this. He forgot that he had gotten the two points for the reversal. He thought he lost because he thought he only got three points for backs. And so he took his headgear off. And in wrestling, if you take your headgear off during a match, um, the referee is going to dock you a point for unsportsmanlike conduct. I'm pretty sure that's the call. But either way, it's it's a point uh, given to your opponent. And Rico thought the match was over, so he took his headgear off because he didn't need it anymore. And I, I couldn't see if he threw it or something, but uh, he took it off for it nonetheless. And so the referee ended up giving this guy Miles one point because Rico took off his headgear. And I don't know if he threw it or whatnot. I, I'm assuming he did. And um, the whole crowd behind me and the whole crowd in this stadium, which is the same arena from the year before when my friend Zoe was wrestling, just erupts. They are booing. People are yelling. People behind me were, you know, just screaming. They were. There was one guy who was like, that's bullshit. Like, Raleigh. They were just screaming. It was terrible. And... It was it was worse than anything I'd ever been a part of or anything that I had seen. I wasn't booing against this kid because I didn't know him, um, and I was I was cheering for my friend Rico, but I also wasn't gonna boo a referee because he necessarily made the right call, and I'm also I wouldn't boo a referee in general because they have the hardest job in sports, but they. Uh, so Rico ended up losing this match by one point because he didn't know that he had actually tied it and he took his headgear off and, you know, everybody was freaking out and it just displayed terrible sportsmanship because, you know, you lost and you lost rightfully so. Your guy lost. You know, I'm sorry that he lost and you are booing, you know, uncontrollably. You know, that it, it displays a lot of uh, lack in self-control and a lot of lack in, um, I think, character. You know, you have to be able to take a loss like that, and you could really tell that this uh, this crowd was not, you know, like into losing. Which you know, you don't have to, you don't want to lose, obviously, but they didn't take it well. And uh, I think the most important part of this whole thing was that uh, this kid Rico eventually came off the mat with a smile. 
you know, when he came off the mat, everybody was clapping for him. You know, he wrestled a great tournament. He probably had a great season. But when this kid Miles was collecting his uh, his medal later on, like after all the other matches had happened and he was collecting his medal standing on the podium, the crowd started booing again because this kid was he won and not their guy, which, like I said before, it's just a terrible display of sportsmanship. You know, you have to be able to control yourself to a point to where you can, you know, understand, be like, okay, you know, he won, you know, the call was fair because it was, it wasn't a biased call, you know, and they were just completely terrible to this kid. And right now in um, wrestling, uh, there's a lack of uh, referees, especially where I live. There's a lack of referees um, because people just aren't doing it. And a lot of it is because of the, uh, the, the, the problem is these people, the people who are, you know, just terribly rude to, to the referees who, like I said, they have the hardest job in sports. You have to somehow not only call a game fair, but also call a game to where both sides are understanding, which is impossible. You know, you can't do that. And, these uh, people were just losing their minds, and it really just kind of displays the problem that there is in the lack of refereeing in Maine is that, you know, you can't just, like, you can't just do that. You have to have a level of self-control because eventually, you know, you can be the hard, the you know, the most hard-nosed referee there is, and... You know, I even saw it at this tournament. There was a referee who one guy, one person, one person didn't agree with his call, and he said something to the referee, and he was on the side of the mat. Like, he was not even in the match. And the referee said, like, do you have to leave? And he said, no, but there's only so much of that that you can deal with before you finally say, like, I'm done with this. You know, I'm done dealing with this. You know, it's it's stupid. You know, people, you know, just can't take losing like that. And... I just find it so, so annoying, you know, when people do that. And I, I personally, like I said, I was cheering for this guy, Rico, but these people um, that were booing so terribly for this kid who had just won, like I said, the ultimate prize as a wrestler. He won a state ta- championship, you know, and you're going to ruin that for him. You know, now whether or not the kid was able to take that criticism or not, that's completely different. It's not that you were criticizing him it's the fact that you were ruining his moment you know you have to think about how you would feel if the other team like say his crowd did that like booed uncontrollably for your kid you wouldn't you wouldn't feel good about that you know it's it's life 101 you know treat others the way you want to be treated you know if you want somebody to boo you like that then go ahead but i i you know half the people in sports and you know in just the world don't want to be treated like that and it's just terrible for you to do that. And there was just one guy who just kept booing over and over and over. Even when everybody was done booing, like everybody had kind of gotten over it, he was still losing it. I was like, dude, what are you doing? You know, you just, you look stupid. And I I just couldn't, I couldn't fathom that whole situation. I was just kind of like, this is terrible. I And I sat back after after a while and I was just like, oh my God, you know, like how could you do that to a kid? You know, if that happened to me, I would be so upset. But that's just, that's how I feel about it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode 6 of the Boom Team Podcast. Again, I apologize for this episode being so late and just so drawn out. Um, Like I said, there was just some things that 
disabled me from being able to put this podcast out here, but I really do enjoy doing this. I don't want anybody to think that, you know, I just abandoned this. Um, but thank you to the guy, to everybody who's still been listening to the podcast. The viewer counts definitely dropped from when I started this podcast, but I think that's just because that's how, that's how this thing kind of works. You know, you get that initial jump of like everybody being like, oh, holy cow, you know, you know, this person I know starts a podcast and then you know, your viewer count kind of goes down. And I really do thank all of you for who consistently listen to these. Um, I get all your messages saying, you know, thank like these podcasts are great. I like listening to them. You know, that, that all means so much to me. It really does because I know that I'm doing this for, you know, not only for my own, um, my own personal, you know, pleasure and, you know, just to have as a hobby, but I also know that there's actually people out there listening to me. And I think that's the biggest part for me is just, you know, just to know that there's somebody out there actually listening. So thank you guys so much for the feedback. It's it's great to hear it. You know, if you guys have any any criticisms or anything you guys want to you want to hear me talk about, uh, just message me on uh, any of my socials. Uh, my Instagram is uh, N-U-T-T-A-H-2-8. And my Facebook is Dakota Nutter, and that's basically it. Yeah, those are my two social handles. Um, you can find them in the link on Anchor here, um, or you can even, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or something and you want to find my socials, um, just go to anchor.fm and then look up the Boom Team Podcast, and you'll be able to find me. You can go onto my uh, my live page, and you can find my social links right there, and you can follow me on Instagram, and you can, you know, Add me on Facebook, all that good stuff. You can follow me on Twitter. Um, my fa- my Twitter handle is the same as my Instagram. Once again, it's N-U-T-T-A-H-2-8. And, uh, yeah, again, thank you guys so much. Um, I also wanted to put this out here, and I want to know if this is going to be a good idea. I really love feedback on this. I kind of want to do... Um, certain scenarios just about like just different things around um all the leagues you know uh football is not happening right now especially nfl but there's still a lot of stuff to talk about um you know i i wanted to start a series kind of uh maybe uh dissecting you know who players at this point in the career you know who who's a bust or you know which players are on the rise or you know um just like what teams i think are gonna do well in the coming years and if you guys want to hear about that like football wise we can do that um i also can do it for the nba right now you know if there's any nba players who i think you know are just a bust um you know, not I'm not in particular, but, you know, players like Lonzo Ball who are starting to get into that, you know, like third, fourth year kind of range. Um, you know, if if I think that they're going to do anything with their career or if they're just going to kind of coast throughout, um, then, you know, really uh, just let me know if you guys want to hear about that because I would love to do something like that. It also makes it a lot easier, you know, with there being only so many sports going on right now. Um, it allows me to kind of have more to talk about, more things to do on this podcast. But uh, once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you guys on the flip side.